if you get to an interview and you say, I have CCNA or I have CCMP, everyone's like, uh, okay. That brought you to this table. Now what? We did this before, but I'd like to get an updated list. Are there any top five, top 10 technologies that you think are really important? And are there any, is there any path to get there? Well, you see, it depends on whether you're looking short term or long term. Short term today, I would go with automation or cloud. These are the things that will be probably in greatest demand in the next three to five years. Long term, learn the fundamentals. Is networking still relevant? Is it still a good career? So if someone's thinking about becoming a network engineer, you know, should they rather just become a developer or do something else? You, you know, in the end, it's all about selling yourself, right? Yeah. You know, the best jobs are the ones that you don't apply to. The best jobs are the jobs that are created for you because they want you. Hey everyone, it's David Bombal back with another interview, but in this case, I've got Ivan. I've had Ivan on my channel before. Ivan is one of the guys in networking that I respect most, and I really respect his opinion. Ivan, welcome. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Ivan, you've been in this industry for many, many years, so I'm going Too to- long. Tr <laughs> Too long, no, not at all. Yeah. I, I'm gonna try and extract your wisdom and your experience to help people who are sort of starting in this industry. Ivan, let's start with this question because I think this is a question that a lot of people are asking. We see a lot of new technologies. We see things changing. Cloud's becoming more important. Uh, Cisco DevNet has become this big thing. Automation has become this, this big thing. Is networking still relevant? Is it still a good career? So if someone's thinking about becoming a network engineer, you know, should they rather just become a developer or do something else? Well, how do you think we'll move bits around? With pigeons, with it's a good, telepathy. It's a good, a good point. Yep. So networking will always be around. It's just that you know, for the last forty years, we thought that we were demigods and special, and we are not. So networking is becoming a discipline like everything else in the world: plumbing, power transmission, construction. Uh, building roads, building highways, building airports, uh, mechanical engineering, you know, a uh, usual discipline with experts, technicians, uh, road workers, in our case, configuring VLANs. You're not selling this because, you know, to tell me, if you told me like 20 years ago when I started or longer than that, uh, I'm going to be like a plumber, I might have looked at a different career. And it's not an offense no, to plumbing. No, 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 no. You are designing power transmission. I think you've used that analogy before. Can you explain what you mean by that? Because well, you know, the you big see, concern uh, is, will I get a job? And will it pay me enough so that I can feed my family? That type of thing. Yes and yes. So explain your, uh, your, your power transmission. Sorry, every, I don't want to interrupt you. Go on. In Sorry. every discipline, you need some experts. And those experts are, by definition, rare. Unless, of course, we're talking about archaeology, where in Slovenia we need one archaeologist per year, but we train 20. <laughs> that is a problem. And the other 19 are probably selling fries. I don't know what they're doing. But in every sufficiently complex technical discipline, 
you don't have too many experts because people are just not willing to invest the amount of time and effort to become experts in that discipline. So but in networking, experts, it's CCIE is what you would call an expert, is that right? Or, you know, how uh, far well, the food chain? Uh, I don't... Let's say the... Okay, so what we should really do is we should start with the definition of what an engineer is. Yep. Not, you know, the networking engineer, which is really a glorified CLI jockey. Sorry about that. But it's someone who understands the fundamentals, who understands the scientific principles, not that we would have any. And then uses those to build stuff out of well-defined components. And if you are working in mechanical engineering, you have your components and you build bridges, for example. Or you build rockets or you build cars. If you are in networking, you, are, you have your access points, you have your routers, you have your switches, you build networks. Hopefully there would be some science behind building networks, but we're not getting there because the vendors are strongly opposing that. Just take a look at the debate, how much buffering we need in the switches. And anyone with any scientific background is telling you with properly implemented stuff, we would need shallow buffers and every vendor is selling you deep buffers because that's more expensive, but that's a different story. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, I, I mean, it's good that you mentioned that. I just want to tell the audience, you know, what I really like about you is that you, you don't, you're not beholden to a vendor, you give it as it is. So it's great to get your opinion on this stuff. So sorry, can continue. Yeah, well, as I heard from one of the vendors once, as long as I'm practicing equal opportunity snark, he's okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so anyway, uh, you need people at various levels of expertise. And obviously, if we go to, I don't know, power transmission, if you are designing electricity inside an apartment building, it's not trivial, but it's not nearly as hard as designing a new power transmission line across the country. Yeah. So you need, you know, expertise at various levels and... Uh, just try finding someone who will design electricity in your apartment building. They are rare and unavailable and bloody expensive. So every sufficiently complex discipline eventually gets to that point where, you know, because it's not sexy, there aren't that many people interested in it, and people who are in it are rare and unavailable and therefore a little bit on the expensive side. Okay, so well, it doesn't so, apply to lawyers on. because there are too many of them, but they're still expensive. But that's a different story. <laughs> that's a good point. So I'm starting out. So assume I'm, I'm young and I'm starting out. I'm looking at becoming a CCNA. So that's where I'm starting. I mean, what you're talking about is perhaps years down the line. And I, I, I want to have a discussion with you about like certifications, but just to try and peg it so that we have kind of an idea of skills. Um, if, if I'm thinking about becoming a CCNA, would you recommend it today? Um, how many years before I get to like kind of that level? I mean, you, you're talking high level. Are you saying that there, there aren't many jobs for new beginners? Are you saying that like, it's gonna take me many years to make a success of my career? I'm just putting you on the spot, Ivan, because to, you know, try well, and- it, 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 it depends on. on how you define success. Yep. So if you, uh, you know, if you take a look at the mechanical engineering, there are, uh, you know, people making tools. And these are highly qualified people, uh, but some of them only have an equivalent of a high school. 
but they know what they're doing, they've been doing that for ages, they're good at their job, and they're respected and reasonably well paid. But that's already four years of education. You want to get a mechanical engineer, there's another three to five years of university or college. And then if you want to become an expert in, I don't know, tool design, you need another three to five years of experience. So add that together, you are at uh, 10 to 15 years. So what do you expect in networking? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a lot of people, especially with the certs, and I wanna, let, let's start, let, I don't know if it bears on what you're saying, but let's talk about certs. Because, you know, are certifications valuable in, in today's world? Um, would you recommend certifications? I mean, I keep pointing to Cisco yeah, certifications. Yeah, well, I would. Sorry, go on. Uh, you know, for two reasons. Number one, uh, decent certifications uh, have some reason behind the things you have to learn. So there is a reason you have to learn switching and routing and how bridging works, yada, 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 with CCNA. Obviously, like 20% of that is probably marketing crap and another 30% is Cisco CLI, who cares about that? But like half of it is fundamentals and you have to learn fundamentals eventually or you will never become an engineer. I mean, you can get engineer in the title and still don't understand how things work, but that's a different story. That's the peculiarity of our industry. You know, instead of giving you a raise, they give you an engineer title and now you feel great. That's a different story. Uh, so yeah, uh, certifications are relevant because, you know, they're structured. It's like going to university and study for three to five years. Why do you go to university? I mean, 80% of the things you learn there will probably never be useful in your life. But you have a structured curriculum and you go through that and you learn a little bit or a lot, depending, about many things that you would never touch otherwise because you wouldn't be forced to do it. And you know that we are all lazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, certifications are good for the same reason. They force you to learn things that you wouldn't learn otherwise. And also, they are, you know, like the baseline enabler, let's call it that way. Because eventually you will have to get a job. And somehow you have to prove to whoever is hiring you that you're capable of doing that job. And having a certification doesn't hurt. Now, obviously, people are going around finding a job uh, totally wrong way because, you know, you put together your CV and they all look alike because everyone is using the same CV polishing service and everyone has the same search and then everyone is sending their CVs to every job opening posted on the internet. So I'm getting 100 identical CVs. What do I do? Yep. I throw them all away and I hire a friend. Because <laughs> at least I know him. Honestly. Yeah, it's a problem. I mean, a lot of young people are really struggling because how do they, I hear these stories over and over and over. They, 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 they might get a whole bunch of certs. They're still struggling to get a job. And then one of the yeah, problems is experience. How do know, I get experience? Certs don't have, help you if you can't prove to the company that you are adding value. So how do I do that? I mean, I want to put you on the spot. You know, 
Yeah. Let's say you're hiring someone. So I'm a young person. I've perhaps got a CCNA. How do I, they always want experience. So how do I get experience without having a job? And how do I get a job without experience? You know, it's that whole- Volunteer, come on. So volunteer- Do something. So give me examples. Find someone who needs his network fixed. Do it for free in the evening. So you like small, medium business, a school, yeah. church, something like school, that, yeah? church, charity, someone that you love helping. Don't do it for a business because, you know, they're making money out of that. But a charity, set up a website for a charity. Install a Wi-Fi for a charity. Connect a charity or a church or your local football club. What do I care? To the internet. Do something useful. Document that. Write about it. When you get to the interview, when you get to, you know, through all the showstoppers and everything and you get to the interview, you want to say, I did this in my life and I solved this problem this way and I was successful because whatever. If you get to an interview and you say, I have CCNA or I have CCMP, everyone's like, uh, okay. That brought you to this table. Now what? I like that. It brought me, I like what you just said now. It brought you to this table. Now what? Yeah. I mean, I started working when I was in second grade of high school. Okay, give us an age because that might not be the same for everyone. Ah, 15. 15, okay. Yeah, something like that. And, you know, I was working for peanuts. Yep. Uh, but they did pay me because there was some value in what I was doing. And they felt charitable and paid me a little bit. But I got experience. I actually developed something. I got something up and running, and I could say, "Well, I did that." That's a, I think you can't find sorry, anything. Join an open source project. Every open source project could benefit from someone who could write documentation. Write the bloody documentation for an open source project. Write unit tests. Do whatever. Just do something. Don't yammer how it's hard to get experience. <laughs> so in other words, you're saying you, you've got to make it happen. So try yeah. and volunteer, do something, but help out. Yeah? Don't, don't, you know, uh, count on the environment, the society, the government, whoever, to solve your problems. Move around, do stuff. So that gets me to, you, you mentioned a keyword, and I want, to, I want to ask you about that. You said document. So what's your feeling about using social media, blogs, um, doing something like where you put it out there, like videos, whatever? What do you think about that? I mean, uh, you, you know, in the end, it's all about selling yourself, right? Yeah. You know, the best jobs are the ones that you don't apply to. The best jobs are the jobs that are created for you because they want you. So how do you persuade someone that they want? And by the way, this works. I know a guy straight out of university. He was working on an interesting field and he got some other interesting experience. And in the end, it took a year or so, but in the end, he bumped into someone who was so delighted with what this guy could bring to the table that they went ahead and just created a job opening for him. Scrapped together the budget, wrote the job description. He was the only one applying. He's working there now. but. It was him bumping into someone and telling him what he did during his studies. And that guy was like, yeah, we need someone like you. 
So yeah, uh, you could do that, or you know you could uh, document what you're doing. You have to you have to build your brand, but you don't build your brand with 140 character long opinions. <laughs> Unlike you, Ivan. <laughs> Don't build your brand with likes on Facebook or posting pictures of, you know, cat videos. That's crap. So how do I do it? How do I do it? Do something, document what you've done, publish it. So you're talking about a blog, video, that type of thing? or? Uh, well, it depends on what kind of brand you want to build. You want to build a professional, serious brand? Well, you're aiming for an expert, right? Yeah. So yeah, written word probably still works better than, you know, you being an actor in a video. Uh, in there's another problem, honestly. Some kids are natural talents and they could just appear in a video and they would ace it. Yeah. It took me, I don't know about you, but it took me ages to get proficient in presenting stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're a different generation. That's why. Partly. No. Partly. No. No, no, no. You're seeing the top 0.1% of the kids. For every kid acing it in the video, there are like 1,000 kids who can't open their mouth when the camera is running. Trust That's a good, good point. That's a very good point. Very good point. So... And also, you know, if you are writing something, you can edit it, well, publish it eventually, you know. Perfect is the enemy of good and published. Yep, I like that, yep. Uh, but uh, you can fix stuff which is harder to do with video. I do a lot of video. Videos can be very tough. But I prefer yeah, video well, than writing, but it's. I think it's... Well, so do I. Well, I, pre I honestly prefer writing, but getting stuff out as video is faster. Yeah. I also find it and, easier. Yeah. yeah uh, and based on the size of my audience, because your audience is, your potential audience is huge. Yeah. There are gazillions of CCNA aspirants in the world. Uh, how many people uh, really want to know how a new technology works? Maybe a thousand worldwide. I mean, two thousand. Yeah, yours is much more niche. So yeah, exactly. So written is perhaps better for what you're going for. Is that what you're saying? Or well, uh, you know, it's all about what brand you want to present. Yeah. You want to be someone serious? Write something. You want to be employed in Hollywood? Act. But, but basically, I mean, you mentioned, you know, build your brand. So this is all part yeah. of brand building. So what's your opinion about like posting on LinkedIn? Um, I've seen you I've seen you put on Twitter, you know, like, oh, it's a pity everyone's putting stuff on, on LinkedIn. Well, stuff like uh, that. No, 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 not LinkedIn. LinkedIn is reasonable. Okay. So first, uh, figure out how ephemeral the stuff is that you're using. Uh, Twitter, I, I'm really upset about people writing long threads on Twitter. Yep. Because that's gone in a week. No one will find it after two weeks unless uh, you are looking for that quote by Cloud Borat. You know, uh, <laughs> to err is human, to deploy the error on thousand servers is DevOps or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> 
that one you can find with Google. Otherwise, you know, finding anything on Twitter is ridiculously hard. Yeah, it's tough, yeah. Um, so you want to have a longer form text if you decide that you want to write. And then the question is, where do you want to publish it? Uh, LinkedIn is not bad because, uh, you know, it's professional audience. So if you publish something on LinkedIn, you will probably reach people who might be interested in what you have to say. Um, I prefer, you know, this is another one of those things. If you want to get experience, do something. Why don't you set up the file structure on your file system and then figure out how to use Hugo or Jekyll or which, whichever of these static site generators? And then you put all this into Git and you push it to GitHub or GitLab and you set up a GitHub Actions or GitLab Actions. Bam! Everything is published automatically and you have your own website. Yeah, it's much easier to, 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 to click on LinkedIn, but I know exactly what you're saying. You know, that, there's a lot of experience in just doing that. Yeah. And you can turn uh, that into a blog post or into something. And the really interesting part of that experience is that A, you build something. B, you got experience with certain tools that not everyone in your industry is familiar with. That engineer I mentioned, you know. Uh, as part of his not being in his industry experience, he learned Git. Now he's preaching Git to that company because, you know, they have nothing <laughs> in place. Or so I was told. Uh, so you get experience, you build something. Whereas, you know, uh, typing into a web form on LinkedIn and pressing publish, what does that teach you? Nothing. But... The same thing with WordPress. Don't use WordPress. WordPress is for people who use IT. It's not for people who work in IT. If yep. you work in IT, learn something. It's interesting. And I mean, I, I have a different perspective to you because I think LinkedIn and those kind of platforms are really good because your reach can be much bigger than just putting yeah. it on your on your on your. Um, you're on your website, but, but I you like know, what you, you can do. Always, Sorry, go you on. You can always put it on your website yeah. and then write a summary on LinkedIn. Exactly. I was going to say, that's what you do very well. You'll write yeah. something on your website and then you'll talk about it on Twitter or on other places. Yeah, well, I publish it on Twitter and LinkedIn because I seriously don't consider Facebook or any of the variants like, what's it, WhatsApp, Instagram, you know, all that crap. <laughs> uh, I have a different perspective to you, but I know, I know what you mean. Um, no, 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 you have different audience. Yes, yeah. But I've, honestly, we are talking about building a professional brand. Yes. Would you hire someone to pull a power transmission line across your country based on his Facebook posts? <laughs> Depends, but I, I know what you're saying, yeah. yeah. I know what you're saying, yeah. So anyway, the, the, the other important thing is that you own the content. Yes. Because, you know, what I just described, I can push it to GitLab, I can push it to GitHub, I can push it to Bitbucket, if it still exists. Uh, all of those are free. I could push it to S3 on Amazon if I wish. So I can publish it anywhere. I just point my domain to that particular location and I can move from uh, GitHub to GitLab because I hate GitHub this week because it was bought by Microsoft. 
<laughs> I can move back from GitLab to GitHub because I hate GitLab because it's down this week. And uh, I can do it immediately because I own the stuff. If I publish on LinkedIn and they decide to change their terms of service, good luck. I just understand what you're saying. I like the no. idea of putting the, the main article on your website and then putting a summary or a, something short to that on, on yeah. social media. You, you kind of do that. So it's, it's good to see that. Did you want to say anything else about that? Or I'm going to ask you the next question. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I have a particular X to grind. It's called okay. Medium. Let, sorry. It's called what? Medium. Don't ever use medium. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You know, it's, um, I found that LinkedIn works really well just for reach. But I understand what yeah, you're saying. Exactly. It's, it's a different no, audience. Uh, you, you see, LinkedIn is sort of fair, relatively, as much as a social media platform can be fair. And it's a value proposition. Yeah. It's, yeah, you have to be registered because, you know, this is for professionals. But once you're registered, you're on there and that's it. Whereas Medium is, you know, like the pharmaceutical, uh, the Colombian pharmaceutical model. You get three <laughs> stories per month, three. And then you have to register and then we'll start tracking you. Okay, that's, yeah, I haven't used Medium, to be honest. I've always used LinkedIn or my own website. Yeah, or something uh, like no, that, I, uh, I, I get links to interesting stuff that is on Medium. And then I immediately notice how they tried to track who I am and, you know, pull me in. And uh, some stories are like, oh, no, this is only for subscribers, which is okay. But some stories are like, oh, this is like your third story this month. And now you really have to register. Yeah, it's those paywalls or those things where they force you to register a real pain. I agree. Yeah, I mean... Let's be honest, if you want to have subscribers, then ask me to register. Yeah. Don't dangle something in front of me and then, you know, bait and switch. Oh, now you have to register. I understand the frustration. Yeah. So, so sorry, go on. I'm, Whenever you're ready, I'm going to throw the next question at you. Okay, do it. So, Ivan, you've mentioned Git already. So, it's interesting. What's your opinion of Cisco DevNet and that those kind of certifications? They can't hurt. Yeah. Uh, so you see, it's always the question of where you're coming from and uh, why you need certain things. Yep. So if you are an existing networking engineer and you think that uh, you have to become a programmer, which is a wrong idea, but we can go there some other time. Uh, then yes, something like DevNet is the right thing to do because you already have networking expertise. You know nothing about Python and REST API and Git and all that stuff. You have to learn those things. If you're a developer, then you already know all those things. And if you want to be, you know, a network automation developer, then maybe you should focus more on uh, understanding how networks really work. Because, you know, you have the developers that can develop anything and are not good at anything. And then you have people who have actually worked in some industry for ages. So, for example, you might have a mediocre developer who has been working in chemical industry for the last 20 years. 
he will beat any whisket because he knows all the dirty details, all the requirements, all the regulations, all the audits you have to go through. Whereas, you know, someone who might be a brilliant programmer has no idea about the industry. And the same thing, if you want to be a good developer in network automation space, then maybe it's more than Python. Maybe you should know how networks really work. Do you, th do you think there's going to be a trend where network engineers, the traditional network engineers, are replaced with guys who do automation? Is it, are we kind of all forced to do automation now? Well, you see, uh, the way we've been doing things in the past is crazy. I mean, just configuring the same crap on 1,000 remote office routers manually and using Excel to replace the IP prefixes in your configuration. It's the future. <laughs> what stone age are we living in? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, we, we need to clean up the crap that we're in. And uh, one way of cleaning it up is through network automation. But you know, like uh, an accountant probably won't write Excel macros. Maybe a networking engineer doesn't need to write Python scripts. Maybe you should offsource this to someone who actually understands Python. Yeah, it's it's interesting what you said there. I mean, it's um, Cisco seemed to uh, be pushing a lot of people to network engineers to become developers or automation guys, if you like, automation people. Um, yeah, what's your opinion? Everyone is doing that. Yeah. Does and, it make sense? I don't think so. So do you, I, I remember you've mentioned this before. Do you are you still of the opinion that it should be like a network person working together with a developer? And creating if something. you want to get good results, yes. Okay, that's interesting. But do you because think, sorry, honestly, uh, you remember what we were discussing previously? You need like 10 plus years to become an expert in any industry. Yep. So you invested 10 years into becoming a networking expert and someone invested 10 years into becoming a really good software engineer. And now you want to waste the next three years of your life learning Python? Why exactly? So my counter to you would be years ago, and I mean, this is just me trying to, trying to you know, put myself in the, in the shoes of the audience. Um, years ago, we had telephony people and then we had network engineers. And then the market changed and network engineers had to learn about telephony. And that whole industry got revolutionized where people like network guys do both now. So is it not going the same kind of thing going to happen perhaps here? Well, Honestly, how much telephony is left? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all voice over IP. Is, is that what you mean? Or it's like soft yeah. phones, that well, kind of stuff? Well, uh, first, a lot of organizations are going to mobile only. Yep. So who is? How many voice over IP phones have you seen lately? <laughs> no, it's a very good point. I mean, that, that industry has moved even further now, so... I mean, I, I, I did a lot of voice over IP stuff, but I mean, now I wouldn't worry too much, but this yeah, seems to be like uh, a new trend. You know, even in the traditional voice over IP world, uh, I was working for a system integrator and we had a few people that would be voice over IP experts. For the rest of us, it was just a stupid 